listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report, and I am Lucio Reek, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by the publisher of the Bark Board, Mr. Jackson Moore. And Jackson, what a game. Um, I don't know if the Fresno State is enjoying doing this to us, but uh, it's pretty much been a, a, a heart attack of a game almost every single game this season. Um, it's, it's been a little crazy. What do you think about that wild finish? Yeah, uh, right after the game, Coach DeBoer said, you know, if you want to see a game go down to the, the last second, just watch the Bulldogs, I guess, because it seems like they always go that way. And feels a little bit like uh, the Giants uh, two years back. They used to call it uh, torture as they went on to the World Series because all their games were so darn close. But, yeah, it was uh, the good thing about this game was that it really wasn't very close for the, the most part. I mean, it was not lopsided by any means, but it just felt like Fresno State had a, a, a control of the game. Um, just from, I mean, they led from midway through the first quarter all the way to the final seconds, and that wasn't until those final seconds where you felt like Nevada could legitimately uh, come back, and you know, they were ultimately just a, a few inches away from tying the game and a, a couple of seconds away from having a, a game-winning field goal after recovering an onside kick. But, of course, time expired, fortunately, for the Bulldogs, so... I mean, what a, a wild game. I mean, a statistical game that will not be soon forgotten with Nevada throwing for almost 500 yards and Romeo Des catching 19 passes for over 200 yards. Uh, I mean, just a, a very entertaining game and a, a good one for the Bulldogs to see it at home and improve to 4-0 at home this year. Yeah, it's been... Uh... It's been a wild season so far, as far as as far as these games have been. I mean, it, it almost had flashes of that UCLA game where uh, Fresno State was in control of that game all the way until the last uh, till the last few minutes, and then UCLA takes the lead, and it, it almost kind of felt like that kind of a game, but set Fresno State held on to their lead and didn't allow uh didn't allow Nevada to come in and score and and make it an even more interesting of a game but I don't know Jackson I don't know if my heart can handle any more of these types of games but we, we still got a handful left and uh you know they they're going to be heading to another tough matchup this weekend against San Diego and I just expect more of the same. So it's <laughs> it's going to be one of those types of games but before we start getting into all of that I mean, you and I took in a scene that we haven't seen in quite some time before the game was just the sheer amount of recruits in the stadium for Fresno State. And were you as surprised as I was, Jackson, to see that many bodies hanging around the the field watching the Bulldogs? (laughs) Well, we we got some intel earlier in the week that we posted on our our premium board for the, uh, the VIP subscribers. Uh, the Bulldogs were going to have a, a good chunk of recruits. So I think we identified about 15 guys that had three-star ratings next to their names already before the game. But then that was just a slice of the pie because uh, there was well over 50. I mean, probably even a lot more than that. We were just talking before the, the podcast. I mean, it was just a huge group. And, you know, you've got a lot of local recruits that are still, you know, on the younger side and, you know, some 23, 24 
uh, class of recruits that are still developing and um, maybe not established recruits yet, but you also had a big number of like legitimate guys that they're trying to get in this class. They were commits already were there. Uh, there was like three or four uh, recruits in the class that were already committed that showed up for the game. And they're all palling around with the key recruits trying to get them uh, to, to come to Fresno State. You had uh, some Power 5 commits that were in the building that Fresno State's trying to give a second thought to. And, uh, I mean, just a, a wide array. And then there was two 2023 recruits that left with offers. So, I mean, they covered about all of their bases with this just ginormous group of recruits that took up the whole end zone just about before the game there. Yeah, I, I mean, it was kind of crazy. I mean, uh, I I was estimating probably closer to a hundred uh, recruits. You're you're thinking a little less. I I don't know. There was just so many that I couldn't keep <laughs> keep track of everybody that was there. And and like you said, there were some high uh, high profile players that Fresno State was was chasing. I mean, you could see it. Coaches coming up to players. So there was quite a bit of talent. Uh, there that the Bulldogs were high on and um, we did see some offers go out um, but from what you've been able to kind of track Jackson um, did the did the Bulldogs seem to have a good traction in this recruits uh, recruiting class that came in this uh, this past week yeah I think so um, I mean one of the big ones is uh, Jamarion Briggs who is a three-star cornerback who was already committed to Fresno State once but he got offered from UCLA and Arizona and decided to kind of rethink some things and take a second look. But you know, usually when that happens, schools and recruits kind of split ties and that's the end of things. But Fresno State has not been given up here. And a lot of their commits are from the Stockton area where he is from and know him pretty well. And so they, it's been a, a family atmosphere. It's second game he's come to. And I think they're making a lot of progress trying to, to get him back on board and, I mean, there was a, a lot of, I mean, guys that they're trying to close on that were at that game, and I think you're going to see in the coming weeks that that experience is going to, to start paying off with some commitments. Uh, haven't had any direct commitments yet since Saturday's game, but definitely a couple of guys we're keeping our eyes on, and uh, I know one's going to announce on Friday, so you can anticipate probably Fresno State getting another commit uh, before the Bulldogs kick off against San Diego State, so um, Bulldogs are at six commits right now. It's probably going to be a smaller class, but I think you're going to see some some uh, dominoes start to fall here as uh, the weeks pass on towards National Signing Day in December. And uh, Bark Ward on our uh, premium board, we're going to have you covered there for sure. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting here in the next few uh, in next couple of weeks. We're probably going to see more and more uh, traction on, as far as commitments for Fresno State as we get closer to that December deadline of of recruits uh, making their uh, commitments. Uh, signing on the dotted line so to speak and so we're going to start to see a lot of more develop here in the next uh next two or three weeks so if you haven't done so already head over to the barkboard get your premium subscription because jackson does post all of the latest information there to the premium board first um so if you're one of those diehard fans that's the place you want to be right jackson oh yeah and we've got a for our, your first month, you can sign up for just a dollar. So it's a really good way to, to get a little sample and uh, get all the scoop for 30 days here in a, a critical time and see if you want to stick on beyond that. 
Exactly. So, you know, it's it's a good thing to do uh, if you want to be one of those guys who knows everything um, and, and kind of show off to your friends. It's probably the best thing to do is just get a premium subscription to the Bark Board because uh, you will not be disappointed. But that being said, Jackson, let's jump into this past game. Fresno State takes on Nevada. And like you said, Fresno State had control of this game for a good portion of this game. Um they kept uh, Nevada was still able to kind of hang in there for for a while, but it seemed like Fresno State, you know, kind of had this thing uh, in well in control. There was some key injuries that went down. Let's start off with that. I mean, one of the biggest plays early on, Ronnie Rivers breaks a long one for a touchdown and then comes up lame. And what more can you say about that? Because that that right there was a key turning point of this game. I think. Yeah, and. You know, I I don't want to. I want to be careful how I phrase this, but in terms of turning point, as you mentioned, it, it results in Jordan Mims being the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week by filling in. So, I mean, in in one way, it worked out for the Bulldogs in this particular game. But you would much rather have a healthy Ronnie Rivers uh, any time the Bulldogs step on the field. Uh, on that particular play, uh, you know, he's breaking away for a big touchdown and. Nevada's defender gets to him right at the goal line and uh, rolls up over his ankle. And it was a, almost the exact same play that happened last year when uh, Fresno State was at Nevada. River scored on a very similar play and got a very similar injury to his lower leg. Uh, the thing about that one is that um, you know, Rivers suited up the next week, but it was really, it seemed like it was only to try to break the touchdown record with what might have been his last game, was the, the thought at the time. And that was the last game of the season. So we don't have a feel for how long it took Ronnie to recover from this injury. Um, we know it's a, a lower leg, an ankle type deal. And, um, they're, they feel good enough for the medical team to let him kind of dictate how quick he re- returns. He's been cleared to practice if he feels good enough. And uh, Earlier this week, he did not practice, but he was out there and, and doing some things on his own and Know, doing some sprints and things, so it, it doesn't look like he's too far off, but um, it, it is kind of hard to imagine he'll be at 100% his old self when the, the Bulldogs take the field Saturday, so perhaps we'll see him. I, I don't think it'll be in the same capacity. I think the Bulldogs will have to ride Jordan Mims a little bit more, who was the hot hand on Saturday. He had 134 yards and had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown, and really um, you know, the Bulldogs put up uh, over 250 passing yards, but they had over 200 rushing yards as well. And Mims really jolted that kind of balanced offense that they've been trying to achieve all season long. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – now Mims is going to have to pretty much take the load here for the next couple of weeks uh, to let uh, Ronnie Rivers heal up. Uh, we don't know just the specifics of just how bad it is yet. Uh, they're they're kind of letting him kind of progress there, uh, but I I imagine we're we're going to see a heavy dose of Jordan Mims, um, and if that doesn't work, we'll, we'll see a heavy dose of the passing game, right, Jackson? If <laughs> 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 all else fails, throw the ball. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. You think this is going to kind of change the game plan for Fresno State, or they're they're just going to adjust and just use Mims moving forward? Yeah, I think what we saw in Nevada, or against Nevada is probably going to be pretty similar to what they would ideally like to do. Uh, it's kind of um, changed week to week based off of opponents. San Diego State is going to be 
kind of more like Wyoming in a lot of ways. So we'll see if the president State maybe even tries to run the ball a little more. But um, yeah, it looks like definitely Jordan Mims will probably be the guy, and we'll see if Ronnie can can get out there maybe and, and do a few things. But it'll be uh, be hard to imagine he's going to play a full game this this quickly after such an injury. Um, but yeah, the Bulldogs. They, I mean. This is a matchup that's going to be really difficult for them to kind of do what they want. San Diego State's defense is, is obviously always really good, and, um, especially against the pass where they do some exotic things. So the Bulldogs would sure like to run the ball a, a decent amount here in this game, but if they're down to one key running back, that can get scary. Um, they do have several options behind George Mims as well. They've got uh, Malik Sherrod, the sophomore, who's had a, a really good, spring and fall going into the season. They've got Jordan Wilmore, the Utah transfer, and they've got Javon Bigelow, who has played some Bulldog football over the last year. Um, So they've got some options, but it's a a far leap from what Ronnie and Jordan have been doing this year. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a little bit of an adjustment for the Bulldogs to kind of try and get things uh, going, the ground ground game going at least here. Uh, It looked like Bulldogs were starting to kind of get that figured out on the ground game, and then um, Ronnie Rivers goes down (laughs) injured. It it just never fails, right, Jackson? It just seems to be one thing after another with this ground game. Um, But... One thing for sure that the uh, that helped the Bulldogs uh, was their defense. They came up with a number of key plays and key turnovers, Jackson. What more can you say about this Fresno State defense and what they were able to accomplish against the Nevada Wolfpack? Yeah, it was really, a, it felt like a team game plan where the Bulldogs were keying in on not giving up the big plays, which they did not, I mean, Nevada put up a lot of yards and they ended up with 32 points, but their longest play of the entire game was 30 yards. This is an offense that loves to throw the deep ball and score on those 50, 60 yard touchdown passes. That just wasn't even available with the way the Bulldogs are playing. And the biggest thing that, that really made the difference for Fresno State was, you know, they were not only putting more defensive backs on the field, but with just three defensive linemen for most of the game, they still got five sacks. <laughs> There were a lot of plays the Bulldogs didn't get pressure, but I think they got enough pressure when they needed it to really kind of change the game around. I mean, five sacks is a big number, especially when you're considering only three pass rushers on a lot of those plays. I mean, that's huge. Uh, you look at Fresno State, who you know, both teams are, are not great on the O-line and are very effective on the D-line, but the Bulldogs only gave up one sack on the opposite end. So I think... Uh, the Bulldogs were a little soft in coverage, but it, it was all kind of the, the team game plan to just limit Nevada enough to let the Bulldog offense outscore them. And uh, that plan was working great until uh, the, the prevent situations. There was a like a second and 35 and a second and 25. And, of course, the 90-yard drive by the Wolfpack. Those ones were, were ironically tough for Fresno State to stop, I think, more than anything else with so much open field and, and the talent that Nevada has at receiver. But uh, in the, the normal situations, the Bulldogs, they, they weren't perfect. And of course, the yardage looks pretty ugly, but it, it all went into complementing the offense and letting them uh, grab control of the game and, and finish it off just, just barely. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was a good thing to see the Bulldogs' defense really taking control and, and making some key stops, especially um, when you've got Aaron Mosby on that end really 
you know, wreaking havoc on that offensive line and getting in there on that quarterback. And uh, he was a he was a real dangerous weapon this this past week, don't you think, Jackson? Yeah, I mean, a bunch of guys. I mean, Mosby's always been effective. David Corrales finally got his um, big play. Here. Mosby's been getting a lot of those late games. And Mosby, or, uh, Corrales got that fumble there at the very end um, that looked like it might have sealed the game. But, of course, Nevada got one more chance at it. Um, and Kevin Atkins played a lot, considering the Bulldogs only had one defensive tackle in a lot of plays. So, I mean, that D-line has been fantastic. And, uh, yeah, as Mosby's definitely sticking out as probably the, the potential NFL guy of the group. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is looking uh, better and better as the year goes on, and uh, and like like you said, I I believe the same thing. He looks like he's going to be one of those players that's going to be able to take the next step and head uh, head to play on Sunday. So we'll see how things uh, shake out for him. On the flip side of things, the offense was doing their thing, and uh, the passing game, you know, not as potent as it's been in the. You know, early part of the of the season, but still did enough to to kind of uh, keep things honest uh, against this Nevada Wolfpack. What do you see kind of developing after having a really, really, you know, subpar game the week before, then coming in this past week and and really starting to kind of get things back again? You expect a lot more coming this upcoming game against San Diego. Um. Yeah. It's- this game against Nevada was definitely an improvement from Wyoming, of course. Um, I think it's kind of the balanced offense that the Bulldogs would like to have. We're talking about 250 passing yards, uh, 205 rushing yards, um, two touchdowns, no picks for Jake Hayner, which is huge. Um, definitely not what the Bulldogs were doing the first few weeks, but potentially more effective the way that they're, they're going this route. Um, I think the... The one thing I would like to see perhaps more is some more um, designed deep shots. I mean, Fresno State had a 42-yard pass to Carrick Wheatfall. The next biggest play was 22 yards to Zane Pope. Those were the only 20-plus yard passes. And you would, you know, it's nice to not have Hayner have to play make and do a lot of things late in plays and try to force things. But the Bulldogs also have some really talented and really speedy receivers and uh, they can beat you deep. In fact, uh, there was one play I recall specifically where Wheatfall was breaking downfield and had a step on his receiver, and Hayner threw a shorter pass to Josh Kelly, who made a fantastic jumping <laughs> one foot and bounds type of catch. But that one might have been a touchdown if he had uh, flung it as far as he could uh, to Wheatfall on the other side. So it's, I think it's, a, it's still a balance that Hayner's trying to reach as far as being that gunslinger or also being more of a, you know, effective game manager to an extent and uh, San Diego State's going to be tough because their defense is just so stingy and there's going to be so much tougher to, to move the ball on them and we'll see if Fresno State kind of excels in one way or the other whether it's a, a pass or the rush against the Aztecs who uh, don't give up too much of either. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough one for the Bulldogs to get adjusted there, um, but uh, that takes us into that particular matchup where Fresno State is taking on San Diego. Now, of course, they're not traveling all the way to San Diego; they're traveling to Carson because San Diego is still doesn't have a stadium, which should be remedied by next season, I think. Right, Jackson? Is that what that's what's happening there? They're they're in the process of building their stadium out there right now. 
Yeah, their stadium will be up uh, next season. Of course, Fresno State will get to host San Diego State next year, so uh, the Red Wave will probably won't see it till uh, 2023. But that's the case right now, and um, we're assuming it's, <laughs> it's going to be Carson <laughs> because there's a state of emergency over there, and there's been some some discussion about if uh, behind rumors and kind of things to see if maybe that game might be relocated somewhere in Los Angeles because of the uh, um, unusual smell and toxic gases that have been reported over there. Uh, (laughs) I assume if they're kicking off there, which this isn't a new thing. It's been going on for several weeks. They've played games there. So um, if they play there, I'm sure it's more than safe. But uh, it sounds like there's also a uh, potential that it could be played elsewhere in LA and um, just stay tuned to the park board and, and elsewhere just to double check and make sure that game's in Carson before you're there. So, and they're also going to have, uh, if you're traveling, a quick PSA, uh, you need to have a uh, COVID vaccine card or a 72 hour negative test uh, to get in, from what I understand. So um, keep that in mind if uh, you're going to put in the effort to make the trip. Uh, you don't want to get left out of the gates there. I have a feeling there's going to be a bunch of people being turned away because they forgot all about that part or didn't know. Um, so, in other ins- uh, so in other words, if you're showing up to that game, bring your nose plugs and a mask because <laughs> you might need it for that game. Yeah, you might need the mask just for the smell, so, <laughs> even if you don't like wearing it. <laughs> exactly. That that could be one of those that is gonna. It's you're gonna wear the mask be, even though you hate it. You're still gonna wear it because that's just the way it is over there right now. Um, but this game, uh, other than than not knowing where they're going to play right now. Uh, Fresno State is going to take on San Diego State, whether it be there or what a, what a turn of events would it be if they said all of a sudden, hey, we're just going to take it back to Fresno. <laughs> that would be interesting, right, Jackson? <laughs> but I doubt that will happen. Um, but that Fresno State goes in against this, uh, this San Diego defense which is always a tough defense uh, when they play, uh, when these two teams play each other. You expect more of the same as the way that uh, San Diego has been playing this year. Uh, although they kind of had a scare last week, Jackson. So it, is there a little bit of a blueprint there for the Bulldogs in order uh, for them to follow to, to kind of come out with a win here? Yeah, I think this team is, is as San Diego State as it gets. I mean, they are even less effective in the passing game than they normally are, and yet they've been uh, having one of their best seasons that they've had in a long time, too. Uh, they are a team that they're just going to try to run the ball for a few yards on first down, a few yards on second down, and, and set up a third and short and convert that and just slowly move their way down the field. It's, it's really uh, coach, the defensive coordinator, Coach Inge, called it the, the new age uh, option offense because they're just trying to take stay in front of the chains and get manageable third downs. and There's not much else to it. And they've had three of their seven games where they passed for less than 80 yards. Uh, they have only had one game where they passed for more, or they had a single quarterback at least that passed for more than 150 yards. Uh, they've had uh, two different quarterbacks kind of go back and forth this season, but uh, neither have been uh, spectacular by any means. It's been a, obviously a, a run-heavy offense, but they also are equipped with a big-time punter who will flip the field uh, 
that make it look effortlessly. So when you stop them around their own 20 yard line, you think they're going to have good field position. The next thing you know, you're inside your own 20 a lot of times. So this is going to be a, uh, a challenging one. But as far as uh, defensively goes, uh, some teams the last couple of weeks have had success. Uh, San Jose State held them to just six points in regulation. And it's, I mean, it all comes down to run defense because the Aztecs don't pass the ball too well, of course. And if you can stuff that run, then there's not much else to it, really. Uh, unfortunately for the Spartans, they couldn't score themselves against that tough San Diego State defense. And they went into overtime with a 6-6 uh, six to six score, which was thrilling. Um, and then uh, the other side of it is that um, they're tough to move the ball on, as, as mentioned, with San Jose State. I mean, Air Force, it was a team that just runs the ball all day very effectively. They were held under 200 yards on almost 50 carries. So, um, I mean, they, they have San Diego State can do the same thing to you defensively that you want to do to them. So it's, it's going to take a, a big performance from Fresno State's D-line and a balanced attack from the offense uh, to, to come the way victorious in this one. Yeah, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see what's going on. You don't know what kind of team you're going to get against San Diego. Uh, I mean, last week they they struggled against uh, who was that? Uh, San San Jose last week. Yeah, two weeks ago they had the overtime with San Jose State, and then last week they had the uh, big matchup with Air Force, who was six ah, and one going into right. that one. Um, but San Diego State actually got out to a twenty zero lead, and then Air Force came storming back, couldn't get the score they needed to uh, get over the top there, but ended up winning 20-14 to 14 for the Aztecs. So maybe maybe these last two games have kind of worn out San Diego. What do you think, Jackson? Uh, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate here. <laughs> yeah, definitely closer than some of the ones before, and lower scoring, too, because, as mentioned, this offense is pretty bland, and there's not much to it, but they put up 38 points on Arizona, albeit a pretty bad Power five team that they won 33-31 against Utah, who was a, a pretty solid Pac-12 team. Uh, they put up 48 points against Towson, an FCS school, 31 against New Mexico, 28 against New Mexico State. So these last two games have been much lower scoring uh, for San Diego State, but their defense has stepped up and been able to uh, make it enough to win games. Yeah, so it's going to maybe maybe wore them out a little bit, and then they, they come up against a, a high-potent Fresno State offense, hopefully that's the one that shows up and uh and and kind of uh, uh it puts a wrench into things with the San Diego team who uh who hasn't had to face quite uh quite a potent offense that the Bulldogs are capable of if everything is going in the right direction um so we'll we'll see if that kind of changes things now on the flip side of things you're saying San Diego State is kind of not their usual self or, or actually worse than usual as far as <laughs> as far as moving the ball and um you know matching up well against this Fresno State defense what what, what do you think Yeah I think um you know, Fresno State has almost been at best against physical between the tackle running attacks I mean even Oregon who we all I mean I still think of as the team that Chip Kelly has that spread the ball out and, and put up huge scores is, is not that team anymore. And they tried to run power against Fresno State, and it, it really wasn't too effective against the Bulldogs. They held their own. Uh, I think you know a lot of the Oregon points, of course, came off of uh, turnovers and not having to move the ball the length of the field. You look at UCLA, who was just 
destroying teams on the run before that game, and Fresno State stopped both of their high-powered running backs. Uh, even more recently, you look at Wyoming, who was going to be a, was a power running team, and just was of course shut out by Fresno State. So it seems like this is, uh, I mean, a pretty good matchup for Fresno State in terms of defense and, and stopping the run. I mean, San Diego State's not going to do uh, a lot of that's out of the norm. You're not going to see options or or a lot of uh, pitches or screens or anything. It's, it's really just going to be downhill between the tackle running and if you can stop it, then you can stop it. And I think Fresno State has the, the D-line and, and along with Tyson Maeva, the guys that can put a stop to it. It's just going to be um, interesting to see how effective Fresno State's offense is against the San Diego State defense because, um, I mean, the Bulldogs have been very good all season long and so is San Diego State's defense. So something's going to have to get there. Yeah, so Fresno State's really going to have to try and figure out how to get the the run game going here, uh, and it's where they're going to get a heavy dose of Mims. But if things don't work out, what what are the Bulldogs going to have to do in order to adjust uh, against San Diego State? Yeah, uh, they're going to have to really hope that that running game gets going. I mean, it is a, a defense that you're going to have to be balanced against. I mean, they they're so complicated and and exotic in the passing game that you don't want to have to just keep airing out the ball uh, because they will cause some problems for you. They'll find ways to get quick three and outs and and force turnovers, which there's been quite a few games for Fresno State, of course, as recently as 2019, where that's just been the case. It's what feels like all game long where the Bulldogs barely put up any points or yards, and they they do that to a lot of teams. But there's also been plenty of examples where uh, Fresno State, especially like 2017, if they get the running game going, uh, you can get a lead on the Aztecs, and then they don't have the offense to really uh, come from behind. So it's a, I mean, it comes down to starting off fast, which Fresno State has struggled with, unfortunately. Um, but they did put up a 14 to three lead against Nevada last week, and this is a game where if they can have that balanced attack, and which starts with getting the running game going, uh, they could be in, in really good shape to to do what they've done against San Diego State in 2017 and 18, where those games weren't really nail biters um so it comes down to a balanced offense and um i mean really just winning at the line of scrimmage fresno state's been doing a lot better there with the, the changes they made on the o-line recently and um not turning the ball over which has been a thorn in fresno state side but has been less prevalent the last two weeks for sure now, if I remember correctly, that last game that Fresno State had against San Diego, uh, the key turning point was the running game. And is is that going to have to be the fact again for the Bulldogs in order to be successful here? Yeah, it's just a defense where if they get you to be one-dimensional, they are more than good enough to stop you against the run. And then they're also just a thing more schematically than anything else tough to read defensively. I mean, they just attack you with different defensive fronts and sets and they're moving around before the snap and you'll see two completely different looks from one play to the next with the same guys on the field. They, they make things really tough on you. And uh, we've seen some Fresno State offenses struggle with that quite a bit, but uh, I mean, this Bulldog offense has been so good every week and even the, the poorer games have still been pretty high point totals, but, I do think it comes down to balance. I mean, that watching them play San Jose State over the, the Bay a couple of weeks ago, I mean, the, the Spartans just couldn't get anything going in the past. And being a one-dimensional running team, I mean, San Diego State just stopped them over and over and over. And um, 
you, you get a six to six <laughs> game in regulation that goes to overtime. So that it's really tough to, to beat this defense unless you can keep them on unbalanced themselves, which is going to take both the pass and the run. Now, one player that uh, we haven't heard much of in the last couple of weeks, uh, which is a little bit of a surprise, is uh, uh, of course is uh, is Jalen Cropper. He's been been kind of held uh, a little bit quiet. Is that is that uh, by design? Defenses are now keying in on Cropper. Or has it been the the fact that uh, uh, the pass game just hasn't been what it has uh, um, in early on in the season? Yeah, I think it's a, a little bit of both and. You know, Cropper had a couple of drops uncharacteristically at Wyoming, and he had the, the fumble against Nevada. It makes me wonder if something's up there, potentially. I mean, I don't know if it's a, a physical thing or a confidence or a mental thing, but it does seem like he's having some issues the last couple of weeks that he didn't have in the, the first uh, four-plus games of the season, first five games. So um, kind of keeping an eye on that. But even... Um, Without the pass, we've seen uh, the Bulldogs get him more involved, a lot more with the, the jet sweeps. I mean, that's made a big return the last couple of weeks where it seemed like the Bulldogs were doing that once or twice a game. Now it's still like four or five times. And a lot of those count as passes when Hainer's putting the ball forward to Cropper, even if it's, it's basically a, a glorified handoff if it counts in the, the passing game. And defensively, it seems like opponents are really trying to take advantage of those opportunities and deliver some big hits. Uh, we've seen Cropper was kind of in the open field when he, he had the fumble. He took a pretty good shot on that one. And um, when on the jet sweeps, uh, it just seemed like they're trying to really um, make him pay for taking those hands off. And a lot of the times, he gets the gain and gets out of bounds without any trouble. But um, when he tries to, to extend the play a little bit more, uh, defenses are definitely coming after him in a way that it feels like is different compared to your normal ball ball carrier. Yeah, it's a uh, it's going to be a little bit of of trying to figure out who the open guy is going to be because if if Cropper's being double covered, that's going to open up somebody else on on the offense, and there's plenty of weapons to choose from, right, Jackson? There's uh, not only Cropper, but you know there's a handful of wide receivers here who could hurt you uh, if given opportunity. Yeah, and, and the other thing I would look for this week is uh, when the Fresno State played Wyoming, which is kind of a, a not identical but same kind of deal where you're talking about a a run-heavy offense and a really difficult defense to play against. Uh, the Bulldogs did go run-heavy, and they used a lot of two tight end sets, and I wouldn't be surprised if the tight ends are more involved again this week too. Um, you know, they, they found some success running the ball with those sets, and uh, occasionally getting them involved in the passing game too. Uh, Juan Rodriguez has caught a couple of scores this season and uh, Raymond Powell's and Trey Watson are two just really good receiving targets that haven't had a chance to be spotlighted much this season. So there's a chance that uh, the tight ends as well as the many receivers could also play in this one and, and have some big um, moments in this game. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, one of those great uh, nail-biters you know how much I hate those. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have it go one way or the other. It, the, the, these nail biters really just give me uh, uh, high blood pressure, uh, so to speak. Um, but uh, it, it should be a good game this weekend. Uh, you know, the 
Bulldog faithful should be traveling well. Uh, they always do when it comes to these games that are being uh, played here in California. And uh, it's going to be uh, a fun game to watch. So if you're not, uh, if if you haven't thought of it, think about making the trip and uh, and in in going and enjoying another good one because there's a lot on the line for this game, right, Jackson? Both Fresno State and San Diego are at the top of the uh, at the top of the division. Uh, winner of this one will take pretty much the outright lead of this game uh, of this conference, right, Jackson? In the standings. Yeah, so if Fresno State gets this win, they are totally in the driver's seat. All they have to do is win out, which, of course, is much easier said than done. The Bulldogs will have to play Boise State and San Jose State, but uh, they would be able to, if running the table, uh, they would have the elite in the division and all the tiebreakers, so they would be good to go for the championship game. And On the flip side, a loss would put them two games back behind San Diego State in the loss column. Without the tiebreaker, it would be uh, really tough to come back from that one if they lose. So the Bulldogs don't want to be in that situation by any means. Um, but if for San Diego State, if they do win, they are still going to have to play a Nevada team that has one loss. And um, I mean, that's a game where if Fresno State has two losses and Nevada beats San Diego State, and you've got the Wolfpack and the Aztecs both with one loss, and Nevada has the tiebreaker. So still uh, some, some work for both teams to do, um, but San Diego State's got the, the tougher slate to go uh, after this one still. So it is a must win for the Bulldogs in order to help secure that lead in the division and give them the opportunity to to basically control their own destiny. But in order to do so, they need a, a win against San Diego State. Uh, easier said than done. Uh, San Diego State's coming into this one ranked, of course, and the uh, the Bulldogs are going to look to knock off the second ranked team this season. Um if if they can pull off a victory against San Diego State, so in and also in hopes of catapulting themselves into the top twenty five, is it doable, Jackson? It, by winning against San Diego State, do they have a shot at possibly moving themselves back into the top twenty five? Yeah, I think that if not, it'd be close at least. I mean, the, the coaches poll, Fresno State's got the thirty fourth most votes. I think a win there could get the Bulldogs into the top twenty five. I'm not sure. If the AP poll where Fresno State has received zero votes the last two weeks would push Fresno State all the way to the top 25, but they would definitely be right there and in position to get back in there within the next couple of weeks, especially this season where so many ranked teams keep falling so frequently. Um, the, the opportunity if Fresno State keeps winning games will be there sooner rather than later. Yeah, so it, it could give them an opportunity to do something uh, and make some noise here. Now, on the, looking at the standings, of course, that has San Diego State uh, in in charge of this division, uh, 3-0, and Fresno State 3-1, and Nevada 2-1, and but Fresno State holds the tiebreaker against them at the moment. Uh, San Jose State 2-2, two and two, Hawaii 1-2, and two, and UNLV 0-3 with an overall record of 0-7. and seven. That record right there kind of scratches my head because they have been in every single one of their games, Jackson. Yeah, I mean, and they were right there against San Jose State again, right there uh, threatening to score on the last play of the game, and the Spartans get the sack, and 
get out of there with a win. I mean, it seems like every game they played the last four or five weeks has gone that way. And they get Nevada this week. And traditionally, the Rebels play better than against the Wolf Pack, their rival, than they do against most of their game, uh, teams. They've had uh, some some bad seasons in years past where they beat Nevada. And we'll see if maybe the Wolf Pack have a hangover on Friday. That would be a, an interesting one. I am certain UNLV is going to get a win here sooner or later. But, um, yeah, we'll see if it, it on a normal day, it's going to be tough for them to match up with Nevada. But the way things are, they're kind of building some momentum and Nevada just lost them. Perhaps they can get that rivalry win. And the way things are going for them, uh, we can only hope for for uh, UNLV to knock off Nevada. That would help the Bulldogs tremendously. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with UNLV because they have played tough the last few weeks. They're due for one, Jackson. They're due for one very soon here. And uh, let's just keep our fingers crossed that it's this week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it, it's turning out to be quite a, uh interesting season. Uh, now, on the flip side of things, over in the Mountain Division, you have now Utah taking the driver's seat of that conference at three and one Colorado state at two and one air force now at three and two Um, Boise state one and two New Mexico one and three Wyoming zero and three but an uncharacteristic Boise state at three and four overall Um, I I can't remember the last time I I said a losing record for Boise state Jackson (laughs) can you (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been quite a while. And even at three and four, I think they're still pretty dangerous. We saw that a couple of weeks back when they beat number 10 BYU on the road. Um, I mean, even Utah State, who is leading that division right now, uh, Boise State beat them 27 to three. And you look at their losses, I mean, five points at UCF, a game they could have won, one point against Oklahoma State, who was just number eight until being ranked uh, beaten last weekend. I mean, Nevada, a 10-point loss. Um, which is not anything to be ashamed about by the way the Wolfpack are playing. And they came up seven points short against Air Force. Uh, probably more than anything is just the fact that three of those losses, uh, the last three losses were all at home, which is where Boise State, even uh, on down years, typically holds their own on the blue turf. So um, definitely an, an odd showing from them so far. And they've got a Colorado State team this weekend that's two and one in conference. And if, the Broncos fall to one and three, and the Rams improved to three and one. Uh, you've also got a Utah State team that's already three and one. It's, it's going to be uh, probably spell the end of the Broncos conference uh, title hopes there. So they've got to they've got to get a must win here against the Rams. Now, in addition, Air Force going down to San Diego State opens the door now for uh, the ability for uh, you know hosting the conference championship now because. They, you know, that puts San Diego State uh, still with a seven and zero record. Fresno State at six and two, Utah at five and two, and Air Force at six and two. All of which would have the, the opportunity of hosting uh, the the conference championship now because of Air Force's loss. That, uh, and uh, you know, with San Diego still. San Diego right now in the driver's seat of hosting that game because they have a seven and zero record overall. So with a Fresno State defeat of 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 San Diego State, 
that would really muddy things up, right, Jackson? <laughs> that would really turn it on its head because then they they it will probably come down to the last game of the season uh, as to who will be hosting. And let's just hope that Mountain West doesn't make the same mistake they did that the last time that, that happened. <laughs> and uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, right now in San Diego State, definitely in the driver's seat. And if Fresno State can win uh, this weekend, they may be in the driver's seat there as well. Um, the big tiebreaker is being ranked. If you're the highest ranked team, of course, you get the host. And uh, Right now, San Diego State's the only ranked team in the Fresno State. Uh, would win out. I think they would probably be the only ranked team. So uh, they could make it very easy for either of those two teams to host. But if both of them uh, suffer another loss down the road, aside from what happens this weekend, then uh, it really gets pretty muddy and will probably come down to a series of uh, computer rankings to determine who's going to be the host there, which is uh, never uh, what you want to set yourself up to be in. Yeah, it's going to be one of those interesting ones to watch as things start to develop, as teams start to, uh, as the season progresses. Uh, but in addition to all of this, Fresno State is now bowl eligible, something that uh, hasn't happened in two years because of COVID. And so that is kind of a sigh of relief. Bulldogs now uh, pretty much guaranteed at, uh, at getting a shot at a bowl game. Um any any bowl games kind of come to mind right now that the the Bulldogs are being looked at? Um, you know, there's quite a few projection, projections that have Fresno State in that uh, Los Angeles Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl that is brand new this year in the SoFi Stadium where the Rams and the Chargers are playing. That's going to be the top bid for the Mountain West. And uh, I mean, Fresno State's got to take care of business to win the conference to get there, but. Um, that is, uh, I mean, a lot of uh, prognosticators have Fresno State in that position right now after the Nevada win. And then you've got quite a few of the familiar bowls, uh, the Hawaii Bowl, the New Mexico Bowl, the uh, Potato Bowl, <laughs> the, the usual places that uh, the Mountain West tends to, to end up where they have those annual bids. And there's a couple other uh, spots they could land. The Frisco Bowl is a new one for the, the Mountain West, and there's a, a few others that um, if some Power Five conferences fail to fill them up, uh, the Mountain West could send a team too. So uh, I think um, you know if the, the obvious one for Fresno State is if they can win out, get to the, the Kimmel Bowl, they should get to play a Pac-12 team and set up a, a pretty good game for Fresno State fans to get to as well. Hopefully, it's anywhere but the Hawaii Bowl because <laughs> any of those other bowls, I'll go. The Hawaii Bowl, that's just a little too much. <laughs> but but uh, I think you're you're kind of in agreement with that one. Would you make a trip to Hawaii if they ended up going there? Uh, not this year. The way the things are, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> the way things have been shaken out, uh, Hawaii is probably the last place either one of us want them to go. Uh, so let's let's just hope that the Bulldogs are able to take care of business and and land somewhere um, on on the main U.S. so that uh, we get an opportunity to to go and see that game and cover it. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's. Let's just keep our fingers crossed. No Hawaii. No Hawaii. We've had enough Hawaii this year. Um, but that being said, Jackson, before we wrap things up, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm just getting ready for this this big one. And um, 
again, recruiting is after so many of them showed up to the Nevada game is picking up real quick. So uh, we're definitely we're in the heat of both football season and recruiting season. So just stay tuned to LarkSport.com as we keep you covered on, on both of those. But basketball will be tipping off here pretty short too. So uh, it's, it's going to be a busy time. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start getting geared up for that one now, right, Jackson? We're, we're, there's gonna be times where we might have to do some double duty. Um, so, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that as as we start gearing up coverage for basketball, and we'll we'll try and keep these podcasts going covering basketball as well. Uh, in fact, the plan is to just keep this podcast going indefinitely as much as we can, uh, barring some of the holidays, right, Jackson? <laughs> yeah, and uh, we'll see. How close some of those full games get to the holidays? As we've got football on Thanksgiving this year, and we've got uh, the the Hawaii Bowl is on Christmas Eve typically, and so uh, hopefully, um, bowl season doesn't uh, get in too deep to the, the holidays there in December. <laughs> yeah, things always start to get a little complicated at this time of the year, but we will make sure you have plenty of coverage uh, to uh, to wet your whistle, so to speak. Uh, but that being said, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at RedWaveReport. If you haven't done so already, head over to our Facebook page and give it a like. We post a lot of information and content there as well. And as always, head over to TheBarkBoard.com. Be a part of that community. Uh, join our forums where you can get the latest in- news and information on Fresno State. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.